Welcome to Rhode Island Avenue Radio, where we'll talk about news, education, and opportunities for small businesses on the Rhode Island Avenue Main Street and in Washington, D.C. I'm Michelle Yancey. And I'm Kyle Todd. Welcome to Rhode Island Avenue Radio. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Rhode Island Avenue Radio. Uh, thank you for joining us today. So uh, before we get to our guests, I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors, the Greater Washington Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, the Department of Small and Local Business Development, and the Department of Housing and Community Development. Um, and now let's get right into interviews with our first guest, Michelle. Good morning. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. Today we're joined by John Y., who is a local designer in D.C., Welcome, John. Thank you for joining us. Hi there. So can you tell me about the products that you design? Uh, we are uh, DC's only, as far as I know at this point, manufacturer of any clothing goods, and we focus on leather goods, so uh, belts, uh, guitar straps, dog collars, camera straps. Um, we also make T-shirts, but that's just old-fashioned screen printing. Uh, then we manufacture some aprons and things like that. So we really focus on the accessories market. And how are your items different from other leather designers? I developed a process over the course of five years that uh, is basically like a embedding process. People think it's like a tattoo. It's very similar. Uh, the images uh, rest just beneath the surface of the leather, and then we have this uh, special protective coating. That was another two years in development. Uh, so our claim to fame is being able to do really interesting things uh, graphically on leather, and then I work with about, it's up to about 22 artists now from all over the world. Uh, and a few of our primary ones are in D.C. So do you make the items in-house? Mm -hmm. that, that's the, that was, uh, it took a while for people to get used to that in D.C. There, uh, uh, there's a bunch of stories behind that statement. But uh, people, I think, were surprised at how uh, professional they look, I guess. And, uh, but yeah, we make everything in-house. Um, from law, raw leather uh, hides to, to finished product. So I understand you are from D.C. Yeah, I grew up on uh, Capitol Hill around Lincoln Park. So how did you get into designing? Uh, stupidity. Okay. It was uh, <laughs> basically, uh, you know, a lot of people have the dream of I want to be a fashion designer, I want to do this. I just wanted to do something creative with my life, and stupidity, basically. Uh, I never really wanted to be in fashion design per se. It was just I wanted to do something creative with my life. Um, and, uh, the, the long and the short story is I was very interested in a woman about, uh, 11 years ago, 12 years ago. It always starts with a woman. Yeah, it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, it, and it, um, our first date was, uh, carving belt buckles out of wax blocks, uh, the kind that you buy in grocery stores to seal, can to do canning. And, um, so we, uh, carved them out of wax, cast them in plaster, and then we, uh, uh, poured pewter in there, just a little crucible and a blowtorch and pewter from a craft catalog. And then uh, when she left, she was leaving for Barcelona. Uh, so I basically was, she was the one having the adventure and I wasn't. So I really wanted to keep doing something creative. And so I just kept going. I, I spent so much money in the beginning, uh, everything from my day job, just keeping this hobby going. And then I started selling at uh, Eastern Market. And that's where things really started kind of 
gelling together. Yeah, really gelling. So you uh, worked in your parents' basement or garage? Garage, yeah. yeah. Okay. Their garage on Capitol Hill for about four or five years. And then uh, I slowly started taking over their house. So I had all the industrial equipment. They loved that, I'm sure. Oh, God, they, they loved that. We There were some interesting moments. Uh, but now you're not yeah. in their house anymore. No, no, I'm not in their house at all. Okay. I, but I, I'm 36 now, and I, I lived with them until I was 31. So I, I have no problem with the fact that, you know, it might have hurt my dating life a little bit. But uh, it helped your professional life. It sounds like. Yeah, I just, I, you know, I was so right. Yeah, I was just so focused on making it happen. I, I just had blinders on, and that's probably what helped. And and I, I had no pride, like none. Like I didn't, I didn't need to show my friends I was driving a nice car. I was saying, see, these same. are all the makings of a fantastic entrepreneur. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes, no pride, shameless. Yeah, basically, no life. So um, you sell to individuals, mm-hmm. and you also sell wholesale, mm-hmm. it looks like. How do you handle that type of volume? Uh, it's – so part And how of many my, staff, I guess, Yeah, part have. of my skill set has been um, – well, one, one person. It's just me and one other person that makes everything. Wow. Um, and then we ramp up – like uh, just yesterday, actually, I hired two uh, local kids – uh, to help out with t-shirt folding like it's the that's the hardest thing is just hours of t-shirt folding mm-hmm. and tagging and very simple stuff um, just eye for detail and then uh, during the holidays we ramp up to another 10 or 12 people for our pop-up shops um, and then uh, but but really my skill set has been refining the manufacturing process down to uh, it's, it's basically become a science now. Like I, will I'll invest in machinery, um, maybe a little stupidly before I'm even ready to own it, uh, just because I know it, I can make that item so much faster. And so, it's just basically because our growth has come from the craft community, which basically requires uh, you to make everything yourself. I've had to keep refining everything so that it I can always say it's me and a helper. Um, and at this point, Jeff, who Jeff Ball, who works with me, he's more like a business partner. But um, yeah, it, it's, you should see it sometime. It's really neat. I would like to. Yeah. I would like to. So you mentioned some t-shirts. Tell me what mm-hmm. makes your t-shirts different. Are they just regular t-shirts or what are they? Uh, it's, I mean, it, we get our, a lot of our t-shirts from American Apparel and Royal Apparel, so U.S. brands. Uh, occasionally, some overseas ones, next level apparel, like when we can't find the right colors. Um, and then they're storyline-based, usually. Uh, a lot of our leather products are storyline-based also, so like zombies in the Wild West or Oh, that's big right now. Zombies are toast. huge. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and so, uh, like, robots versus monsters is a new one. Uh, and so we focus on kind of telling a story rather than just being fun and graphical. Um, and, and really the, the t-shirts, we sell quite a few t-shirts every year, but people don't even think to buy our t-shirts until they know us through the leather goods. Right. I would that's imagine. The, that's the claim to fame. I you would know? imagine. Yeah. So, uh, you mentioned dog collars, guitar mm-hmm. straps. Uh, what's your best seller? Belts? Belts. Okay. Still. Yeah. It's, it's just that I stumbled into it. I wish you could it. sell them yeah. to the youth. Yeah. The belts. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Actually, I get, it's funny. I, I don't know if you what you meant by exactly what you meant by that comment but I, I get a know. lot of I get a lot of parents who will buy it for their kid yes with and they'll say this right in front of me the promise that you will keep your pants up right so exactly. they're like I'm investing in this belt this is an expensive belt you better you have to wear it and right. then you see the kid 
you know, pandering to the parent. <laughs> right. It's kind of funny. Well, the good thing is that you have all these cool things, it mm. sounds like, on your belt. So maybe mm. that'll help some of them to wear uh, I'm, the I'm belt. looking at the website now. The belts are beautiful. I know. They're, I can't works wait. works of art. Yeah. We, we um, want to definitely come take a field trip and look at it. So you are on Rhode Island Avenue. Mm-hmm. You are in Arden Abel's basement. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you come to the, uh, the avenue? Uh, I'm friends with uh, the current interim director of Art Enables, uh, and she – basically, it was – we were uh, more friends on the periphery through the craft scene before, and I just desperately sent out a, a tweet one day that I was uh, in need of a workshop. That you had to get out of your parents' house, <laughs> they were, SOS. They were – yeah, because they were a little bit uh, – you know, my dad was approaching retirement. He wanted to have a hobby car in the garage and right. all that kind of stuff, so – I just put the word out there, and they were originally going to rent out the space to multiple artists, mm-hmm. but they didn't want to have to deal with the headache of the constant turnaround. And I just came in and said, look, I don't know. I mean, I didn't know if I could afford it at the time, but I was like, look, I will pay the rent every month, the whole space. Just give it to me. And uh, it's been a really good relationship. I get along great with the artists they have there. They all know me by name. They say hi to me when I come up from the basement to get our packages or mail, uh, and they come sometimes to sneak downstairs to say hi you know it's it's a it's a good relationship and how long have you been there uh since they moved to that location so i think it's been five years wow yeah wow. so i also understand that you collaborate with some of the artists at art enables yeah um, i think that's really cool tell tell us a little bit about well that. um w- we do make some things like wrist cuffs for them to sell and then uh we have one artist that um uh, I forget his name. I wish I was prepared for this. So we do have a lot of artists on the roster, but mm-hmm. I, he did a T-shirt for us. We I walked upstairs, and they have all the postcards of some of the artists' work, and there was one of a dog, and he had just the goofiest, stupidest look on his face. And, you know, that's what you, as a dog owner, love, that that so stupid, happy look, you know. that. Uh, and it just looked – anyway, it just caught my eye. So we uh, cut him a contract and – and produce the shirt. So, yeah. That's great. So I know that you did not plan on becoming a designer, uh-huh. but uh, do you have a favorite designer that inspired you? Oh, geez. Man, that's an on-the-spot question. No, <laughs> I, I don't. I wish I, I, if I could pull out my uh, catalog. Well, I guess the one big influence, maybe not necessarily a um, specific designer, but was the uh, uh, Saatchi collection. Uh, that came to New York in the late 90s. Mm-hmm. And it was I one remember. of those. You remember that? Yeah. The, the controversy? Yep. Yeah. Uh, and I, uh, one of those few times when I was brave enough to take a trip as a young kid to New York with mm-hmm. my friend just to see this exhibit. It's like, wow, this is getting all this news. I better see it. And I, it, 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 you know, I didn't have any money, but I spent like 30 or $40 on the catalog just to have it. Uh, yeah. Pop art. I guess modern pop art. Yeah. Okay. So do you have any advice for other aspiring designers or ones that find their way into the business? Oh, God. Be prepared for a lot of pain <laughs> and and, uh, uh, and uh, be okay with making mistakes and, and don't have any pride. And uh, the biggest thing is being getting out of your own way. Uh, I, I've encountered a lot of designers that have been so focused on I want to do this, this thing and the specific thing and the almost expecting the world to come to around to their way of thinking and, uh, or way of 
seen fashion or design. And uh, because I cut my teeth at Eastern Market for so many years, you really just have to adapt to what uh, the customer right. wants. Because uh, otherwise, you're not going to make gonna money to pay anything. your bills. That's yeah. right. That's right. Um, and I had a, in the beginning, I had just just piles of debt from bad mistakes and learning big lessons. Uh, and the only way I could get out of it was just adapting. What do they want? What do they want to see? And that's, I, I was at Eastern Market before I developed the process for the leather goods. Mm-hmm. So we were just selling crappy hand-painted belts and, and hand-cast buckles. I burned, I, I used, my mother replaced the rug in my bedroom, but I would <laughs> literally cast molten pewter in my bedroom. And there, are, are pock, there were pockmarks in the rug. Where uh, I had just seared through, seared so, through. So they the wanted rug. you out of the house, not so much because yeah. you wanted a hobby place, but yeah. you were like a threat. You to were a threat. To yeah. Them. Well, right. as my dad put it, you're very charming, and you get away with a lot yes. in the house. I, you know, I would always try to, you know, defer the time, and we pushed it as far as we possibly could. But yeah, they 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 needed me out because they're, <laughs> yes. they're they're toward retirement age now. Right. And, yeah. Right. And, and they, their hearts just can't take it anymore. Yeah, well, they just, <laughs> and they don't want their home on fire. Yeah, they, exactly. Yeah. But my mom's a general contractor, and my dad has always uh, helped her renovate our houses. Uh, so there's always been building supplies everywhere in the house. So they're, they're used to a, a construction war zone. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So um, the items that you make and design – do you ever do anything that reflects your personal taste? I'm sure you do. And maybe you could tell us a little bit about that. Or do you just kind of do what's currently trendy? No, it's both? it's honestly, I don't even, uh, that's a really good question. I, I don't kind of know sometimes. Sometimes, yeah, I have to do some things that pander a little bit. I have to take some cues from what's popular. So do you but, like zombies? You mentioned zombies. Yeah, but or... we had those belts like years before Prior Walking to Walking Dead, Dead. Yeah. yes. It's okay. one of our oldest designs. Um, but I, probably I was... very big now, oh, I, yeah. I would imagine. Yeah, um, but uh, they were like more um, like Night of the Living Dead. Mm-hmm. Era. You know, like, you know, bef- that was the influence. Lost my train of thought. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> You're talking about your, your preference, your artistic preference. Oh, versus... yeah. Yeah. The storyline stuff. It's it just kind of whatever pops into my head, to be okay. honest. Maybe you had an idea right then and there. That yeah, no, been... yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm like, you got me thinking about like, we have the Crafty Bastard show this weekend. So I was oh, like, yes. oh, what do I have to do for that today? So my mind goes in uh, many Ever the direction. entrepreneurial brain. Yes, yeah. yes. So we want to find yeah. out more about your products. Where can we find it? We are at Where Eastern. Where can we buy it? Uh, Eastern, yeah, Eastern Market every weekend uh, if it's good weather. And then um, a lot of the big festivals around D.C. and mainly through our website. Uh, in D.C., it's been very important for me for people to meet me or Jeff directly. So we don't sell to any stores wholesale. Mm-hmm. Um, but then outside of the city, it's we do wholesale, do these pop-up shops in New York. But uh, if it's D.C., you can come to our workshop or you can see us online. And what's the online it's a www.jonwye.com. Okay. And you mentioned some pop-up shops. Where do yeah. you do these? Uh, like during and Christmas. When? Yeah, okay. during Christmas time in D.C., it'll be the downtown holiday market uh, outside oh, of the Portrait okay. Gallery mm-hmm. near the Verizon, uh, Verizon Center. That's what it's still called. Right? Yeah, it yeah. is. Okay. For now, I think. I got yeah. into a, a, a brain fart the other day because I was thinking about it as the MCI, MCI Center yeah. still, yeah. 
Okay. So during Christmas time, and then you are located in the basement at Art Enables mm-hmm. at 2204 Rhode Island Avenue, Northeast in yeah. Woodridge. And, and are there actual showroom hours? or No, just uh, I just asked that people send me an email. We're there most of the time. And you are good about responding because that's I how am. I got you. Yeah, so. yeah. I am. That's, that's very – it's one of the most important things And why don't you me. give out your email address so our listeners oh, have it's that. A, yeah, it's a J-O-N-W-Y-E at J-O-N-W-Y-E dot com. Great. Very easy. Very easy. Well, John, thank you for joining us today and so telling much. us about your designs. Thank you. Welcome back to the second half of the episode today. Um, So one of the things we're going to talk about today is technology for small businesses. It is increasingly important and and probably one of the most important investments a business can make besides their actual roof over their heads and a business plan. Um, So we are now joined by uh, Philip Reeves from the Department of Small and Local Business Development, and he is... uh, particularly interested in working in an area called Connect Tech for Department of Small and Local Business Development. Uh, Philip, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Well, right off the bat, um, there is, um, let, let's just talk about a, you know, a big, broad picture of, of what Connect Tech has to offer for, for businesses in D.C. Sure. So uh, Connect Tech, uh, it's a program been around for two-plus years now, uh, actually. And so we're funded uh, by the D.C. government and by the Small Business Administration. And ideally, what we focus on is helping the startup community in D.C., so um, those nascent technology companies uh, trying to grow their business and hire people and all that. Uh, We help those companies access capital, connections, relationships, uh, integrate with the government, anything that will help them be successful. And specifically, that means providing counseling, uh, helping with proposals, um, whatever it takes so that we can help them uh, grow their business. Great, great. So uh, drilling down just a little bit further on sure. that, um, let's let's talk about uh, the technology resources uh, and assistance that are available to small businesses. Sure. So uh, the program we uh, work most closely with is a federal program called the Small Business Innovation Research Program, SBIR. And so SBIR has been around since the 80s. It's one of those uh, – programs as bipartisan support and it's actually two billion dollars that the federal government has allocated for small businesses and so my job is sort of to to help dc companies go after that two billion and sort of to bring it home to the district nice nice and and what types of programs um can can get that money sure so it's it's really for uh technology-based companies uh people that are working on high risk high reward technology so the classic example are things like, you know, robotics or cyber or analytics. Um, I always tell people I'm looking for time travel and try and get some, uh, <laughs> see if I can see, get something that way. Um, but sometimes they're for simpler tasks. So, for instance, um, there's a company called Lift Labs. They got funded. Uh, they're not in D.C., but they got funded uh, by the National Institutes of Health. And their project is a spoon. So if you have uh, Parkinson's disease in your, in your handshakes, they made a spoon that has a, a counterweight or a gyrometer in it. And so it, it allows someone who has Parkinson's to eat without uh, sort of the, the food going everywhere. Oh, nice. So, yeah, there, yeah. I mean, we're, we're seeing all kinds of stuff. And so I, I like to tell people, if you have a business, you have something that's innovative, definitely give us a call. Um, I'm always available, always eager to all the companies. And, um, I, you know, I try and be out as much as I can. All right. And, and what about uh, 
funding for small businesses that uh, maybe aren't in the technology sector, but they need help getting their business up on the website. Sure. And so um, in that space, we don't have a direct funding available, but we have a a ton of resources and assistance. And so um, there's actually a a program we're doing on October 9th uh, that we're partnering with Google with. And so the whole idea there is if you're that uh, retail business or that service provider and you don't have a website, we're going to have folks in-house at the Rye Center uh, over in Ward 8 um, helping people get online and get their business on Google Maps. And so that that's something, it's not a, a program that, that uh, we run formally, but it's, it's something where I, I have just a huge interest in sort of how do brick-and-mortar retail companies engage technology and sort of take advantage of technology. I think it's a huge opportunity there um, for companies in that space to sort of be more effective with technology. Right, right. So, and that, that program is called Let's Put Washington, D.C. on the Map yep. with Google. That is Friday, October 9th from 9 a.m. to 12 noon at the RISE Demonstration Center, 2730 Martin Luther King Jr. Avenue in D.C. Uh, looks like there's a, a way to register on the DSLBD website. Yes. It's free to, free to attend, but register, yes. in, register in advance. Uh, great, great. Um, what are some other uh, resources available to small businesses? Um, let's see. Uh in our office, we also have a, actually a ton of things. Um, I think you guys had uh, our director, Anna Harvey, uh, on a prior episode. And so we do have things sort of like the uh, the Procurement Technical Assistance Center. And so if you're trying to become a contractor to the federal government or to D.C. government, they'll sort of help you navigate that process. Um, you know, it's a lot of paperwork. It's not something that everyone's inherently familiar with. And so they're sort of counseling in that space. And then um, – Another big opportunity in D.C. is the Certified Business Enterprise uh, Opportunity, so the CBE program, as we call it. And the, the whole idea is that D.C. government spends a lot of money on our own procurements and on various projects around the city. And so we want to make sure we're doing business with uh, D.C. companies. And so if you're a D.C. company, you're a service provider, um, please come to our office, get certified. Uh, historically, a lot of people thought this program was really for construction, but it, it's it's really full full gambit. Everything from technology to services, uh, healthcare is a big area where we're seeing a lot of opportunity. And so now is definitely a good time to get involved in the CBE program. It's a program that's getting a lot of spotlight from the council and the, and the mayor's office. And so we're really excited to, to help uh, support those businesses. So the CBE program, um, it could be anything from uh, a business that provides um, – Maintenance services mm-hmm. to, uh, say, a coffee roasting company. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, <laughs> anything that the anything that the district government is going to be buying. Absolutely. Uh, so, it could be buying services or or goods, depending on yeah on how they're spending their money. Um, okay, so let's go back to the Connect Tech. Then. Sure. Uh, for the SBIR program. Uh, what are what are some examples of of companies that have benefited from that here in DC? So um, a, a, a big thing that we started, uh, I guess, this last fiscal year and that will continue in the next fiscal year is a program we call Phase Zero. And so uh, to give a quick overview, the way the way SBR works is the federal government will uh, give give companies funding in three phases: Phase One, Phase Two, Phase Three. Phase One is probably around one hundred fifty thousand dollars, and this is 
this is this is free money. This is not this is not a loan. This is not um, they're not taking equity. Uh, they don't want your patents. They don't they don't want your business. They uh, they just want to see you be successful. And so that first tranche of around one hundred fifty thousand dollars is sort of um, sort of a proof of concept, a feasibility study. Uh, phase two is, you know, can be upwards of a million dollars and, you know, that's, that's meaningful money for any company. And so that is sort of a full out R and D effort, you know, helping you move to the marketplace. And then phase three, um, is where you're actually in the marketplace. You're, you're, you're getting customers, you've, you know, raised a venture capital round or the federal government has decided to buy the technology for, for their own use. And so, these are all outcomes that the federal government wants to see, and of course, we in DC want to see. And so, uh, one thing we did to help sort of spur this development is we found that companies uh, that that weren't as familiar with SBIR had trouble with the proposal process, and so we put in place a program we call Phase Zero, and it's it's that before Phase One. And what we're doing is, if you have a business uh, that you think would be a good SBIR fit. Then you know we invite you to go to our website, apply to our Phase Zero program, and what happens is, uh, if you accept the program, we will match you with a consultant, and that consultant, all they do is pretty much SBIR bids and helping companies with the SBIR program, and so we we essentially pay the consultant on your behalf, and you get their services at no cost to you, wow. and so it's been really great. This 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 last fiscal year was our first pilot. We uh, had ten companies go through the program, and so we're you know fingers crossed. We're still waiting to hear back on those bids, but um, you know we saw everything from let's see, we had a a, a company that had technology. You, you know how um, when you need directions to a place, when you go on Google Maps, it says turn left at X Y Z Street and walk five hundred feet. Right. But that's not how you actually give directions to people. You say turn left at the McDonald's, mm. and so this company is using technology to say to just show you pictures and say, when you're on the way to wherever you're going, you're going to see this building. It looks just like this turn left here. Wow. And so we, we, they were in the phase zero program. They applied to a transportation, uh, SBIR. We had, um, let's see another company that, uh, some folks out of a university here, they were doing uh, drug development. So, I mean, we, we see it all, um, drug development. And what was so interesting was the drug that, the the drug that their drug was better than in, in the in the lab, that drug uh, that patent was sold for like a billion dollars, some some phenomenal number. And so if these guys can sort of get close to that, then you you can assume they'll have a pretty good exit as well. And so we're just excited about sort of the the, the startup community here and a lot of technology that we're seeing. And so we're always eager to to spend more time there and see. You know, we we got people in DC working on drones even. So we're you know we're seeing it all. Yeah. Yeah, this uh, a lot of creative entrepreneurship. Yeah. Not only arts creative, but technology creative. Absolutely. Uh, I love that turn by turn map navigation yeah. thing with 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 pictures and actual um, what's there. But of course, that means Google's going to have to keep their Google Maps updated. <laughs> <Yeah>. They will. <laughs> they will. Things are changing so rapidly here on Rhode Island <laughs> Avenue. When I look at Google Maps Street View now, sometimes I'm like, well, that's not there anymore. Exactly. Exactly the point. Ah, great, great. So um, I also see that I'm uh, looking at the at the DSLB website on this, um, a digital alliance partnership with Microsoft. Yeah, that's a, a partnership that we, we've had for a while. And so um, – you know, we've been working with Microsoft uh, in the past, and so we're, we're all excited to partner with those guys. Um, 
and seeing how we can sort of integrate their technologies in the businesses and, and, and that sort of thing. Um, but that, again, that goes sort of back to my comments earlier. I, I, I think there's a lot of stuff for brick and mortar companies. I mean, you see things like, I don't want to call it specific companies like square or like, you know, different card readers where just, just like, just like that, you can have inventory management so quickly. Um, you know, any brick and mortar, if you, if you're selling goods and services, you can use a thing, uh, a company like Shopify to have an e-commerce store and sort of boost yourselves that way. Um, obviously everyone needs to be on social media now. And it used to be that you, it was really hard to manage a Facebook, a Pinterest, Instagram, you know, what do you do? And so, we're seeing companies now that are using things like Buffer or Hootsuite, and it's just it's just making the social media management so much easier. Um, and th- I mean, I I could go on. I mean, there's a, there's a ton of space there where if you're if you're sort of that that mom and pop retailer, you, being on the internet is just so important. I mean, even even over here, I was, can you can you repeat that again, please, <laughs> for the listeners if that you, don't, don't have you, it yet? If you are a retailer, being on the internet is critical. Even just now, so obviously we're on Rhode Island Avenue. I was over here. I had a call, and I was trying to find uh, a coffee place. And so, um, we know what he's going to say. You know, yeah. So, there, I mean, I, I went to Zeke's Coffee, obviously. And so, um, but it made me think to myself that, that that's how people do commerce. They're wherever they are. They say, "I need lunch," or "I need um, coffee," or, or whatever especially it is. Especially when you're in an unfamiliar place. It's, especially, and there's even, I mean, and like like Yelp. Like Yelp, being active on Yelp and like managing your Yelp reviews, they're so critical. My my wife literally, when we go to any re- she will not go to a restaurant without looking at the Yelp. Period. Wow. And she, I mean, she will not even like when she orders off the menu, she looks at the pictures of the food on Yelp to figure out what she will order. And so, if you're a business, there's an opportunity right there. Be on Yelp. You know, take a picture of the of the food, put it on Yelp, so people can just can see. Right, and these—I mean—I think these are things that these are low-hanging fruit that I, I think will pay dividends uh, going forward. Yeah, and that's you know I know business owners in this area. Some of the uh, some of the old guard business owners are getting tired of me coming in and telling them <laughs> we need to get the web, a website for them, even if it's just a static page yeah. that has their hours. And that's it. That's they just have to exist. Uh, so thank you for helping. Yeah, and that I mean, and, and that kind of stuff is not hard. I mean, Squarespace, Wix, Weebly. There's like ten companies that do free websites, and it's just drag and drop. If you can do a PowerPoint, you can make a website in 2015. But you know, that's uh, that is a challenge for a lot of yeah. small business owners. And I mean, John Y. That was just here talking about his small business. He is, you know, slammed every day trying yes. to just keep up with with orders and. He does have a beautiful website and lots of social media presence, so that's that's not an issue. But but for your average small business owner, finding the time, making the time for that is, is a challenge, especially if it's something that you are not familiar with. Absolutely, and that that is a that's that's an opportunity that we we recognize that, and so that that was part of the impetus for the, the Google event uh, October 9th. And and the Google event will actually you will actually get help. Yes, yes. You, I mean, there will the be web. personnel there that will walk you through how to get online, how to get on Google Maps, so that when someone says, like, someone says coffee in Rhode Island, that you show up. Um, and, they're, they, I mean, three hours of just soup and it's nuts. free, you said. It is free. It is. No reason not to go. No reason not to go. <laughs> and it's a, it's a Friday, so it's just, right. you know, come on out to Ward 8 with us. Uh, early weekend. Yeah, okay. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Well, uh, any other uh, any other 
meetings or events coming up that small business owners should be aware of? Um, I, I would just invite everyone to uh, get engaged. You know, follow us on Twitter uh, at Small Biz DC. Um, get on our, our mailing list. We do events all the time, and we in, in our office we have a very big mandate to you know we try not to do sort of. We do events, I think, that really, really help small business owners. I mean, we spend all day talking to entrepreneurs, talking to business owners, and so we we understand the needs, and we make it a priority to do things that are value-added. So I don't, I don't, I don't think you're ever going to come to one of our events and feel that you, you didn't get anything out of it. And so please get engaged with us. We, we want to we help you. We want to be supportive. You know, you don't need to be – some people are just so, so, so scared of the government, but, you know, we're always – you know, happy to be involved and want to see everyone be successful here in D.C. Indeed. And uh, the SLBD is a, a great resource for for all manner of small business, technology, uh, mom and pops, uh, you name it. Absolutely. So the website is dslbd.dc.gov. And uh, what was the social media handle again? It's, it's at smallbizdc. So I think it's uh, at smallbizdc. All right, great. Uh, Philip, thank you so much for taking time to be here today. Uh, this is great information. I'm uh, going to make sure and put the, the link to this seminar great. on our website, great. too, and, and send it out to our business owners. Uh, hope to see many of our business owners there on October 9th. Thank you again, and, um, and thanks to our listeners for tuning in, and uh, thanks again to our sponsors, Greater Washington Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, the Department of Small and Local Business Development, and the Department of Housing and Community Development. Uh, we'll see everyone next week. Bye-bye.